Hello everyone, I'm Drake. I am the editor slash showrunner for the Doghouse Rules podcast. Today's episode, you might notice a few kinks here and there. We had some issues with recording this episode, but we still wanted to get it out to you guys. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to Doghouse Rules Podcast. I'm your host, official host now, Jamie Williams. No longer will Quinn Anderson host this podcast. He is, he is uh, of course, here as well. Uh, in the back of the car that I will be driving. Uh, Quinn Anderson, how's it going? Jamie, I'm doing well. Um, I am still a host, uh, unfortunately. You can't quite kick me out. I'll Ah. be here every time. Yeah, Um, you will. And I will be here um, basically, you know, verbally berating you as you do your best to try to take control of something that you have no control over. Because this podcast is Unbridled Chaos, and we have uh, two members of uh you know the league who are here to contribute to that unbridled chaos not just members champions that's right we have champions in the house ladies and gentlemen i'd like to introduce chesley our champion this year and of course charlie myers our little man champion how are you doing gentlemen i'm doing great uh on top of the world yeah awesome well so glad to have you charlie how are you I'm, do- I'm doing great. I'm on top of the world, little men. I mean, what else could he ask for? Yeah, <laughs> you do rule the little men. I uh, I feel like you were in some ways a dark horse, but in other ways the uh, the true favorite for the little man championship. I mean, was there even a contest? Uh, I, not much of one. <laughs> I think both both games were a little bit a little bit lopsided, if I do recall myself. I recall putting an Ian Book as my quarterback in the last one. So if that if that, that's any uh, of of how it went, mm, yeah, sounds like a a real scrappy time down there in the little man playoffs. Uh, so I figured we should start off with a little recap because it's been a while. Uh, I'm very glad everyone made it here today. I know it's been a challenge for some, tribulations abound. Uh, there's been a lot of surprises that happened this year in the league. Uh, and nothing more surprising, I'd say, than the final that we ended up with, which was actually... Yeah, but before we get there, before we get there, we okay. need to do a full recap, because it's been a long time since we've been on air. All right. Um, which, granted, there were some extending, extenuating circumstances. The holiday came in, and we really did want to get a pod in there um, right around the holiday. That got, you know, had some technical errors, and uh, no more excuses. Here we are, and we're back. We're ready to do off-season content. Um, but what we've missed... Uh, the playoffs, we got there, and I knocked down my demon, Troy. Troy, it, it's okay. We get it. Um, we know what you went through um, holding that L to me, especially after all of that uh, winning mentality talk. But, uh, you know, we, we, of course, love you. Um, and we're happy that you can finally get off of this pedestal and you can join us, you know, and, you know, that every year more. Exactly, exactly. Jamie might see. But uh, he, he still hasn't uh, ascended to the mountaintop, as we will. Um, so I knocked him down a, down a peg. Chesley knocked out Foster. Which and uh, then we moved on to the semifinal where we faced those who achieved buys. You know, Jamie and, and Jamie and I faced off, him being the second seed. Real I quick, was, real you know, quick. Six. Troy clearly heard us when we said the great James Robinson debate 
was raging on, you know. Oh, sure. Okay, and you want to touch on this. That's fine. I That's do. Fine. That's fine. Troy decided to bench James Robinson, who went off for, I think, a touchdown in like 85 yards because Urban Meyer had left the building at that point. And that actually ended up being the difference. And I think that's amazing that Troy claimed to be so uh, wise and had that championship mentality, but it clearly he was still susceptible to our advice on the pod. Right, right. And so, uh, Foster, we all know he was a bit of a pretender, so that was an easy win for Chesley. Am I Chesley right? called him light work, and uh, that, that proved to be the easy. case. I had no doubts. Uh, I probably could have benched a couple more players and still been okay. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, the Steelers imploded, so that probably helped. <laughs> I told Foster. I warned him. Whoa, 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 Jamie. The Steelers are in the playoffs, buddy. Oh, yeah. Let's talk. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We will get to that. We will get to that. We will get to that. Um, moving anyway, on. Moving on. Um, to the semifinal we go. Jamie and I face off. We didn't really get to break this down. Your hosts did battle in the uh, fantasy playoffs, and I won't lie. I don't know what our all-time record is. I think for sure. Bad Jamie for you. Is the, <laughs> Jamie is the winningest player in this league, so... I will tip my cap to him for that. I will tip my cap to him for probably have a winning record over me. That being said, he didn't win in this matchup, and I knocked him out 13-3 and out of the playoffs with my 8-6 and scrap heap team led by his own favorite team's running, starting running back Rashad Penny and the sun god himself, Amon Ross. See, Brown. okay, that one, that one hurts because... You convinced me to draft Chris Carson over Joe Mixon last season. Oh, and that right. is where the seed was planted for me to just lose out on Chris Carson for an entire year. I overcame it. Of course, I, I made it back to the playoffs, as I do. And then, next thing I know, you're picking up Rashad Penny. I'm like, oh, that's great. Rashad Penny, yeah, that bust of a draft pick who no one will ever start in a fantasy lineup. Next thing I know, he's absolutely kicking my ass. And mm-hmm. is single-handedly the reason why I'm losing the matchup. And then, of course, the Sun God, Amon Ross St. Brown, who could have seen ironically, that Ironically, though, ja- Jamie, yeah, okay. Rashad Penny was in that Chris Carson role. So it's not that I had the bad analysis. Chris Carson just got hurt. I'm sorry. A door opened. Time out. When was the last time Chris Carson got any more than 20 carries? Last they are No. They are riding Rashad Penny in a way that I have not seen them use a running back before. They are giving him I carries disagree. at the end of the game to close it out. They never used to do this. Rashad Penny's getting upwards of like twenty-five plus carries in these games. I don't, and Charlie, he looks amazing. Chesley, I have not seen a more explosive here? running back than Rashad Penny on the Seahawks. Chris Carson's done. That's what's crazy about this. I've heard that they, I've heard that they haven't, they didn't extend Rashad Penny's contract though. No, they did not. Um, so for they're... those who don't know, they were in the same draft class too. So both of their contracts gotta, are up. I mean, they, that there's quite a few things they got to resolve in uh, the Great White North up there. Uh, because yeah, they, I think, honestly, I think Russ is going to be freed free at last free at last. Uh, really? You think so? Oh yeah. Where's he going? There's not a chance that Russ stays. I'm not sure where he goes, but you think, uh, one of the elite quarterbacks of our time is going to play for what? A seven and 10 team. Okay. Easy Raiders fan. Hey, He's you know in the what? Playoffs, dude. You know what? You're gonna get a taste of getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs, just like this, a true Seahawks fan. That's it's not gonna be a delicious feeling, Charlie. I'm sorry, Jamie. Okay, because we don't have a, a generational talent like Russell Wilson. Oh, Derek Carr is good though. He's Derek like Carr's legit good. good. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I don't know if you were listening to Charlie. He said generational talent. Yeah, washed, washed talent. I would say. You think? You think? Okay, I'm just saying. Russell Wilson 
if I think would make most teams better than they are. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr would make most teams relatively the same as they are, unless they were insanely bad. Like he'd make the Jags better than they are, but like if you put him on the Bucks, like is he like the most yeah. mediocre quarterback then in the league? I th- I I don't think I wouldn't use mediocre. I think he is the definition of an average NFL quarterback. Just All right, Charlie, gun to your head. Would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or Derek Carr? Like, right now? Yeah, gun to your head. Like, I'm going to pull the trigger in three, uh, two, I would, one. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, wow. I okay. I honestly, just to, just to mix it up, like, dude, like, I don't hop on the bandwagon that says get rid of him right away because I think those guys are crazy, but I also don't hop on the bandwagon every week three that says crown him the MVP. Because I know oh, what's that's coming. true. I'm sick of like, that trope. I'm glad you said stats, that. Every you look at his stats every year. Every year he like has like four touchdowns each of the first two or three weeks. So he'd be a great draft pick, but then like fucking drop him mid October. Because hmm. mid October through late November he's gonna throw like one touchdown, two picks, and 170 yards. Wait a minute. Are you talking about Russ or Tannehill? Okay, or Carr. No, he's Carr. talking about Derek Carr. Oh, I thought um, you were talking about. I thought you were talking about Russell Wilson. I was about to agree uh, with you. <laughs> that all being said, though, um, we we we've I think we've dipped a bit too far into this. Pool, we have. And I'm going to bring have. us out of this pool. I'm going to take us back into the fantasy championship because we'll talk about little man stuff. But let, let's get into this. You know, real matchup, what really mattered. I defeated Jamie, knocked him down a couple pegs. Thirteen and three says who? Who cares? My whole team was and, injured. Uh, I was dealing with tons of injuries. Chesley got into a wonderful matchup with Evan, who was riding Jonathan Taylor just all the way into the playoffs, and the wheels kind of fell off that wagon, unfortunately. Yes, that is very, very true. You know, I had a message from Evan at the start of the season, which I can't find. Um, It was over Snapchat, and he was talking about the fact that I wasn't making any moves to better my team. Um, And he was trying to give me tips. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I haven't been around the block a couple few years right and i just think it it comes full circle that he did all that talking and he's only been writing one one player when i have multiple players who put up 30 hence why he lost so oh yeah Chesley, i um i have to tell you this is a good time now that i now that you're talking i i have to say that i like the way you're taking this here um there's a lot of people who uh, were not excited to see you be crowned champion um namely um the people kind of in the middle of the league and uh, they were saying that you'd be too annoying as the champion. You talk too much. But I think that uh, if, if there's merit to what you're saying, I think we're going to have to hear from Evan at some point. But uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, that's big words. I mean, all those people in the middle of the league, you know, I've been there, you know. But they haven't made the moves. They haven't made the choices to pick up people off waivers to help move them forward. Interesting. I, I actually would argue you didn't make moves. Though. Yeah. What moves exactly? Well, okay, one of the most notable ones, which I would say was the key to my Week 16 victory versus Evan, was picking uh, Justin Jackson off waivers. Oh, well, duh. Um, Yeah. Because he put up 34, which ended up helping me win, right? So, you know, I wasn't an active player throughout the first couple weeks because, you know, I I would check, and I have my core of players who I trusted. And, I mean, we did okay, right? We didn't do great, but we slid in. Thank you, thanks to the new new rule of five and six being in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which one? Well, sure the expanded we'll, playoffs. We'll cover cover later, right? Um, 
But I, I made the right moves at the right time to help me win, you know. And there might be people who might think I'm annoying, right? You know, I'm just speaking facts, you know. I'm sorry I like that it. I beat Evan, who was pretty outspoken with me, and maybe he doesn't recall sending that message, you know. But I feel like he was way too confident going into it, you know. He just thought, you know, I won't be able to put up above 120, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry that guys like Ian Ward and Nolan, right, <coughs> want to bash me for winning the championship, but it's not my problem that I just have competed. So, um, yeah. Look, look, you're a man of the people. Like, you came from the bottom, now you're at the top, and I hope you enjoy the ride. And I, you well, it's well-deserved. I do have a disagreement with your take, though. Huh? I have to say that uh, the biggest move that you made was not – trading cooper cup at any point when people came clamoring to your door begging to try to acquire this man because this guy just won the triple crown yes so this is a very good good point i'm trying to remember who i snapchatted or who i sent the or it was caleb caleb sent me a trade offer for cooper cup about week 14 i'm pretty sure it was caleb or it might have been charlie it was one of those two it was definitely um, and he ended up wanting Cooper Cup, and he was going to give me Joe Mixon um, and two top ten wide receivers. And I whoa, could have whoa. taken that, right, because at, at the time, I was struggling to get production out of Aaron Jones. And I'm like, having Joe Mixon is a solid running back who will put up points, right? But I trusted in him, and I knew watching the Rams from week one when they bashed the Bears – um, you know, I knew that Cup would be special. Wait, so this is breaking. You're telling me that you denied Joe Mixon and two for... top top ten wide wide receivers. Was... Okay, so he has three players who could be in contention for that. I want to know was was Jamar Chase in that conversation? I think he was actually. Yes, I think he was. Was it Jamar Chase and Cordell Patterson, or was it Jamar Chase and Antonio Brown? It was Cordero Patterson, Antonio Brown, and Joe Mixon. And at oh, mm. okay, okay, that's a little different. That is much different. I like that you stuck by your guy. You did. Yeah, and also you um, know trades have a way of kind of disappearing into the ether. So. That was yeah. a smart move by you. Or getting oh vetoed. Oh my gosh, can you stop <laughs> banging your head against this wall? Anyway. Shut up, you lost. Anyway, moving on to the finals where um, the five and the six seed met up because uh, they are playoff warriors. They had teams that were ready to compete in this playoffs, and uh, the top seeds got complacent, they got arrogant, and they were left behind where they belonged. And uh, to be frank, DeBears and Stay Gold Tony Boy had one of the best matchups ever in fantasy history i mean between both of us breaking i i got scored 154 still lost admittedly chesley wonderful win i all, all i have to do is tip my calf to you you earned it with such a great team i mean mark andrews number one tight end justin jefferson cooper cup i mean those names all speak for themselves to be honest and i i all i can say is uh congratulations i you even picked up joe burrow while he was hot and um, I, I really love to see it from you. Uh, and combined, we put up 320, which is unprecedented in a playoff week matchup. Which will probably never happen again. I, I would say so as well. 
Well, that I mean, a, um, we switched to PPR. High, but yeah. high scoring game for sure. It was a classic, an instant classic between two people who deserved it. And I think it's a wonderful Cinderella story for you both. And you should both be very proud of yourselves. Now the question becomes, what players are you going to keep on this championship yeah, so roster? so what happens next? Um, That's what I'm interested in. But let's also get to Charlie's little man matchup. How about before that? we do that, before we do that, I want to okay. make a quick call. I want to make a quick call to everyone. Um, shoot me a message. Um, let me know who you're keeping so that way we can break it down next next uh, episode of the podcast and uh i kind of want to do a couple episodes where we just kind of you know maybe do like one right now one after the draft and then one later on before the season kind of thinking what people are you know considering for their keepers because uh, i think that it's gonna change i think that'll be interesting to see that change and um i also want to see where people's heads are at because uh, we haven't talked fantasy in a while anyway jamie please take little man playoffs away yeah, so Charlie, uh, sounds like he was just a bit of a wrecking ball down there in the uh, Little Man playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the uh, matchups were actual competition for him there. Uh, it sounds like he uh, he pretty much dominated, and he had that winning mindset from the jump. Charlie, uh, do you want to mention any more of the nitty-gritty details that led to your championship win in the Little Man playoffs? Oh, no. I just I just, just played back, and I, I played the team that's, uh, that's guided me this entire time. Got me a seven seed, just missed the playoffs, and it proved once again that I was the top little man. True, true, and uh, you you still have a pending Happy Meal that you uh, can cash in at just the right moment. Oh so yeah, you, I'm, you I'm be waiting updated. For, I'm waiting for just the right moment to cash that bad boy in. Because <laughs> we need to have that little man trophy be distributed. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Charlie, a little treat for you as well is the Raiders backed their way into the playoff berth there. Uh, I just wanted to touch back on that, way, give you a moment to sound way, off. I got, I got to say, back their way is some interesting uh, vocabulary for a team that's on a four-game winning streak. Yeah, but how many points have they been scoring, Charlie? This was the uh, first time, I think, in four weeks that they'd scored more than, like, I'm going to say 16 points. They're doing this with defense. Kind of irrelevant. So, that, so they're playing defense is what you're telling me? I guess so. Are the Raiders known for their defense now? Well, I mean, we do have, like, two guys on our defense that are going to the Pro Bowl. Nice. Is the key oh, that they fired John Gruden? Um, I'm not going to say that that's the key to the entire season, but I definitely think, uh, I don't think it hurt us too much. Mm. All right. And, uh... Henry Ruggs as well. Just uh, did they need uh, to hit the reset button halfway through the season? Like I don't understand personally what happened here, but uh, I'm excited Whoa. for him. Quick question: Do you not understand what happened with Henry Ruggs? Oh no, I do. I'm just saying, like mentally, how do you come back from basically having your coach fired and one of your best players, you know, have that situation go on? Like, how do you? I, I, are they resilient? Is, yeah. What's the key here? I will say it's one of the more improbable playoff runs, especially for a team. That has now been to the playoffs twice uh, since 2002. Uh, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm excited for it. I was not expecting it at all. I had pretty much written them off, and I think that's a lot well, of fun. That's evident. Yeah. Well, congrats. I mean, you have more football to look forward to. Uh, and the Bears, real quick, I wanted to get to. Uh, I like what they're doing. They fired yeah, Ryan Pace. Uh, yeah. P- Pace is gone. Nagy, I think, is also gone. They are giving Justin Fields a fresh start with new coaches that'll actually like use his legs hopefully. 
um, and build around him. Uh, so Chesley, is there anything else you want them to be doing, or is this pretty much it? No, no, no. Chesley and I have a have a long storied history about the uh, Bears, and I, I I think this it's time for Chesley to get on his soapbox. Yeah, um, you know, <clears throat> Quinn has been saying for years, pace isn't it. You know, ever since we drafted Mitch Trubisky and passed up Ugh. on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, and I have some friends who are like, the Bears didn't make a bad choice taking Mitch Trubisky, but they're not a Bears fan. You know, we didn't have to sit through the struggles of watching Mitch just be terrible. Like, he's not a good quarterback. Um, I have been saying this for years. I think Nagy's time has been coming to an end. Um, I'm grateful. But the real person who's been making all the moves is Ted Phillips. And he needs oh, wow. to go. Um, because without him gone, he, he, he's still the person making all the choices, really. Um, I mean, Pace has a say, right? And Nagy has a say, but they don't have, like, the top-level say. And it was the right choice to fire him today by him. But he needs to go. Um, I think our offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, needs to go. Um, really? And Leslie, I got a quick question. Yeah. Who was the last good quarterback for the Bears? Like uh, when and okay. when he was a Bear? When I was a fan? Yeah. Okay. When you were um, a fan or any time that you're like, that guy's the top ten quarterback in the league. Top ten. Okay. Yeah. Um it's <laughs> a great question, Charlie. Um it's been a while. Uh I mean, some names that come to my mind when I was younger were obviously Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, but at their primes, I don't think they were even top 10 because all those guys... You should have started with Rex Grossman, I think, here. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, Charlie's a big history guy. I'm just just thinking that they they got the other guys around around fields to be good. Obviously, getting Nagy out was good, but, like, yeah. Okay, um, that being said, I do have to say one thing about what triggered this whole... I, I knew that this demise was um, was incoming um, officially back in uh, 2017. That was the date when they drafted Mitch Trubisky. Because to get Mitch Trubisky... I don't know if everybody knows this, but here's some real history for you. Mitch Trubisky was traded to the 49ers... The Bears are the third round pick, the third pick overall, and the 49ers are the second. The 49ers, pretty comfortable sitting there with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at the time, and they traded down one pick with the Bears, just a one-to-one swap, and in return, the Bears got three, no, sorry, four draft picks out the door in order to trade up to that position where they... 49ers weren't even going to select the quarterback. And even if they were going to select a quarterback at the time, it was not going to be Mitch Trubisky because he wasn't even touted as the best quarterback in the class. It's the most bizarre decision I've ever seen in sports, and I cannot believe it's taken this long to fire that group. Yeah. Yeah, it it has been rough, you know. Um, and I'm a part of a couple Bears fan pages on Instagram, and uh, they've just been calling for him just to get out for a while um i'm grateful it finally happened um even though you know we don't have that seventh pick in the next year's draft because we traded that to get fields but i feel like it was worth it 
because now what we need is a quarterback who knows how to use Fields' legs and turn him into a mobile quarterback, um, kind of like a Kyler Murray or sorry, Kyler Murray maybe. Um, and uh, well, I hope Ted Phillips is next, Chesley. Yeah, I mean that's that's the hope, and then maybe get some other wide receivers outside of Mooney because I mean Mooney's pretty solid. So yeah, I think they're building something exciting. And a hot take here. I would much rather be a Bears fan than a Raiders fan right now because I think the Raiders, this is probably as good as they're going to get until they build more around Derek Carr. And the Bears have limitless potential, I think, with Justin Fields, who's a more electric athlete. And I'm excited to see their trajectory, even though they didn't make the playoffs and the Raiders did. Speaking of regrets, uh, gentlemen, I wanted to discuss whether anyone had any fantasy regrets from the season. I, I just I can hear Charlie just chomping at the bit to respond to this but i strong segue jamie uh so basically this is how it's gonna work uh did anyone have any issues over the season or because everyone goes through something you know i know that chesley you and quinn both went through a lot you were kind of stuck in mediocrity for a while there stuck in neutral but was there anything that you think held you back over the course of the season or um, anything you wish you'd done differently? It can be anything. It can be like player pickups or it can be something more uh, ethereal or uh, um, hypothetical even. Um, I can, just like um, a mindset thing. I can start in order to give our, our guests an opportunity to think. Um, sure. I think the first thing that I would do would start right at the beginning of the season and I would invest less in running backs. Um, I, I know that this is some sort of a... Um, it's somewhere between actual analysis and you know tw- you know twenty twenty hindsight is everything right, but five of the top five running backs this year in fantasy scoring were picked up off the waiver wire. Oh I- man! I-, I think. Do you have that, names? Um. Well, you know, we're talking about Cordell Patterson for one. We're talking about you know all sorts of random contributors you know that came in bursts right. People like Dearness Johnson who. Scored over 20 points multiple times. I don't have names off the top of my head. Probably Elijah Mitchell, too. Um, Elijah Mitchell is on that list, I believe. Yeah. Um, he might have That's been too hurt. But yeah. the truth is, is like, I there is a there's there's a strategy in fantasy. This is for everybody who doesn't know. It's called zero running back, where you basically spend your first three to four picks drafting you know top-tier receivers and then you just draft running backs late on the assumption that you can get one in free agency at some point because they're so injury prone as a position. Right. Um and the credence for this has really been proved this year when you look at how many receivers were uber productive, when you look at how much opportunity they got versus how many of the top running backs were just hurt or non-factors down the stretch especially. Um and I think that's something that I'm at least considering I, I was a big believer in getting my running back talent early because I don't like looking for it, but the reality is is it's a it's a very injury prone res- position, you know. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Charlie. No, yeah, I was gonna build off that and say like McCaffrey was a really touted running back coming into this year, and um, who else? Uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley was another guy that had a lot of uh, like hype and justifiably so. But, like, yeah, both those guys just did not pan out, both for injury reasons, obviously, which is um, important to note. But, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, two of the top three, you know, were drafted generally in the back round of the first round, Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor, at least this year in redraft leagues. And in our Dynasty League, they were obviously kept. But, like, it, it's it's very true. Like, that, that, those were the best running backs in the league, you know, outside of Derrick Henry, you know. But hopefully he his, pray for his health, obviously. Is um, Derrick Henry done for the entire season? or is he, No, is he, he actually um, he was activated off of injured reserve this week and should be back. But for the fantasy purposes, he, you know, you want to you want to hope that we uh, we get the opportunity to have such a dynamic, um, high scoring, high volume, just elite player like him. You know, you know how it gets with running backs. You know, one injury could be the end of their career, and you know you never want to see that. Not with Derrick Henry. Not with a guy of that talent. I'm hoping he'll be back for the Titans in the playoffs because I want to see them, you know, make a run. Uh, and this is really interesting that you mentioned this because I think a lot of times we get hung up on like, oh, this guy's getting 20 touches every game. Like, that's volume. That's guaranteed volume. It's going to be production. Not necessarily in a PPR league. If you go 20 for 84 yards and zero touchdowns and zero catches, that's not very many points at all. You're getting the volume, but is it valuable if they can never punch it in at the goal line? Are they even getting goal line looks? Is their team bad? Uh, there's well, all these different reasons. I will say to... that the argument for that would be Najee Harris, right, who is the RB4 and hardly scored any touchdowns this season. But he's getting insane volume. He's on the field for 99% of snaps. Like, he's all they and have. And receptions. And receptions. Exactly. And receptions are the key. So people get hung up on running backs as, like, a guaranteed, you know, thing. And they are the most injury prone. It's true. You, that's why I've been banging the table for handcuffs. I didn't used to say this. But it's been key. Justin Jackson. Chesley mentioned him earlier. Won him a week, arguably. Handcuff. Floating out there on the waivers. Quinn, you should have had him on your team, probably. Imagine I, what would have happened. I claim. Chesley had a better priority. That's yeah, that's how it goes when you kind of go dormant for a while. It worked out for Chesley this time. But I think that's a really good point uh, about running backs being overvalued. Uh, in a PPR league, that's important. And yeah, I think that's a good one. A uh, big regret for me, um, I have many, but this time it's kind of the reverse Justin Jefferson debacle. Um, last year, I had Justin Jefferson. I dropped him way too soon, and then he broke out, and now he's a stud on Chesley's team for eternity, I guess. Um, so that was my mistake. I was impatient. This year, I did the opposite. I had Devontae Smith. I drafted him, got excited, thought I had a value. He's just been sitting on my bench pretty much all season long. I never know when to start him because, you know, the offense is so hot and cold in Philadelphia in terms of their throwing offense. And he just he just isn't reliable. When I put him in my lineup, he just would do nothing. When I left him out, he would be on my bench. And I'd think, damn it, like, there goes another wasted performance from Devontae Smith. Here's my question. I regretted that because I figured – I would rather have space to pick up a Justin Jackson, somebody who could win me a week off the waiver wire. I wish I'd use somebody like that instead of someone who's kind of mediocre or unreliable sitting on my bench wasting away all season. So that's a big regret for me. I want to be more changeable, more water, and kind of go with the flow more in the season versus like getting stuck on these mediocre players that aren't going to win me any weeks. Right. What do you guys think about that? Yeah? Yeah, I, uh, I want to see if anyone else has any ideas here before I chime in but oh oh wait, wait really quickly i just wanted to just like address you know what what jamie's saying about holding players too long because i think that it's easy to get attached emotionally to teams like that don't you say so charlie oh yeah 100 percent. no that's definitely that's definitely a big a big problem yeah no i would definitely say the same thing i mean for me you know the feeling of attachment is pretty strong with cup and jefferson and andrews um which is why i'm gonna kind of start off talking about looking looking forward um and we just talked about the keepers, right? Um, it's 
it will it will be tough for me because I've kept Aaron Jones on my team for a couple years and he's been solid, right? But mm-hmm. the problem is I have Cup, Jefferson, and Andrews who if I give those up, I'm gonna it's gonna be a very, very bad move by me. So now I'm stuck having one other, you know, slot open and do I get Darnell Mooney or do I keep Aaron Jones, right? Um, when I know I don't Mooney's think you keep Darnell Mooney. That's the Bears Jimmy. fan in you. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I would say my biggest, looking back on it, it was tough in the first couple of weeks for me at quarterback because um, I took Matt Ryan instead of Joe Burrow. Pretty sure Joe Burrow was still on the board when I took Matt Ryan. He um, wasn't, actually. Um, oh, he Foster wasn't? picked him first in the draft. Oh, okay. Well, never, never mind then. So um, you're good there. Okay, well, I'm sure there were better quarterbacks than Matt Ryan. Um, when Matt Ryan put me up, put up like... Like Jalen Hurts. Yes, like six points the first week and like I think 15 the second. So, um, like, yeah, I would say, like looking back on it, I wish I would have taken a better quarterback. Um, I mean, it is also tough to know, you know, what they're going to produce. Um, but, yeah, so those are kind of my thoughts. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Here's my thing. I think quarterbacks don't matter. I think there's only a very few quarterbacks in the league in terms of fantasy production that really matter, and they all have the ability to run. Uh, oh, yeah. That's it. I would definitely agree with Jamie on that point. The other thing is in just the amount of keepers that we have, um, there's no way you're picking one of those guys up in the draft because mm-hmm. any quarterback worth having is going to get kept because he knows that quarterbacks are super inconsistent. Uh, on points that I'm trying to build on next season, definitely trying to be uh, more more fluid as well. Um, just trying to get, like, instead of relying on the lineup that I have, just hitting the hitting the waiver wire a little more, hitting the hitting the free agent market, and we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'm not staying committed to the guys I have on my team. Jamie yeah. cannot have another record breaking waiver wire year. We can't let it happen. Yeah, hey, you want to know how you get there? Here's a little tip, Charlie, because I know you're taking notes here. Uh, here's what you do: you uh, pick people up, right? There's something called Jamie, playing defense I think Jamie, in fantasy. I just got to stop you for two seconds. Okay. The only people I take notes from are people that beat me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, we're back. You to look that. back at the regular season matchup. I believe one of those three losses uh, was to me. <laughs> so, I'm I'm sorry, but the only people I take notes from are people that are uh, are honestly better fantasy owners than me. So, I, I think that is a great time to transition into mailbag, gentlemen. What do you think? Okay, let's get there. What do we have? <laughs> we have um, just three anonymous ones here. We got a, uh, we got one here. We got we need to raise the stakes next year for winners and losers. And um, frankly, I disagree. I don't think we do. I think we've raised the stakes already. I, I, Chesley, go off. Um. You know, I'm in a league at my college in my frat, um, and within this next week, two guys have to go eat 24 pancakes or sit in IHOP for 24 hours. Nice. I feel like we should be having that, you know, um, because this means so much to us. You know, we've had it for so many years. We've even made a podcast. So why aren't we taking it seriously with the punishments? Um, no. Winners, so, so, winners, and the fact that we're playing, like, playing for zero dollars is beyond. beyond. Okay. So that's all going to be baked into the Constitution, which will be drafted soon. Jamie, go ahead. So Charlie is also a fan of punishment, Chesley. So I think you two have this bond together where you both like the idea I'll, of just punishing the uh, last place person. 
Uh, so I think that's interesting, that there might be this kind of diabolical, uh, sinister side of the league. And I personally like to be more optimistic. I'd like to see a, a, a trophy. Let's get, the, let's get the big man a trophy, you know? I mean, Chesley deserves it. I want to 3D print something. I want to make something. I want to, I want to have some sort of shiny object for Chesley to look at and just be proud of because he, he needs something. If Charlie gets a Happy Meal, what are we doing? We don't even have a trophy for the real champ. I think, I think that's in the works. All right. Oh, I, am I, mean, the know, I haven't seen many trophies in my life, you know, and I probably won't. Um, so if I could see one, you know, be nice. So. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then okay. money-wise, we could also add some sort of pot. I think that's fine. That's in yeah. the works already. Yeah. So um, since CT did the worst in the quit, is he just getting away without punishment? I want to see losers punished is another mailbag that we had. And I think that's a good opportunity to lean into ideas for a punishment because I think there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. I think generally public humiliation is pretty not the way I'd like to do it. Um Obviously, if it's funny to us, I think that's the funniest. You're telling me we can't make someone go stand on Ocean Beach Highway with a sign? I, I don't think we should do that, no. Barring and feathering them. And I don't want anyone singing in public. I think that's weird. I, I, I mean, I think that there's a right way to do it. And uh, the, the punishment could even go beyond just last place alone. I think the last three places should Whoa. have a scaling punishment. I think the last three places... At a Buffalo Wild Wings, have to uh, combine to eat the uh, six piece uh, of their blazing wings. Oh, I, I could get behind that. I think we should we should probably um, we should round up suggestions and we can have a conversation yeah. about this. That, we do need to episode. do this. Yeah, I want it to be fun on some level. Honestly, I want it to feel like like more of a like a slightly embarrassing experience, but also like a memory. I don't know. And I'm, it I'm sentimental like that. Right? You have like seven million acquisitions a year. And they're never going to finish in last place. Yeah, I, I think that it should be scaled well, that. a little bit, right? Like the worst punishment for a person who comes in last, but also nothing that's going to be so bad they don't want to play again. Yeah, yeah, that's important to me. I think the pancakes is acceptable. I don't think that's that bad. That one sounds fun. I think we're playing with a bunch of a bunch of if 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 we we can't come up with some sort of punishment that we can all agree on. I think we absolutely can for sure. Um, hey, actually, uh, we have a last second mail-in. One was just sent in to me right now. Um, it's anonymous. Uh, I would like to know what Jamie thinks for being so wrong in the playoffs after being so confident. What? Wrong about what exactly? Just the fact that I lost? Is that it? I guess. Can we talk about that? Oh, oh no. Oh, I was set up. All right, go ahead. Elijah Mitchell, is that what you want to talk about, Charlie? Charlie, I think it's time for you to um, enlighten Elijah the... Mitchell. Who was your other your other buffoon that I'd never heard of? All right, uh, my buffoons were Elijah Mitchell. His name's Jeff Wilson. Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson. So I I was back in home, back home, Spokane, um, watching Thursday night football. After um, the previously recorded podcast that had some technical difficulties, uh, and I was trying to talk Jamie out of starting Jeff Wilson. I said. Jamie, I hope if he, you put him on your bench that he has a couple touchdowns and a few, quite a few yards. What do you know? But I think it was the Niners' second drive. Jeff Wilson scores a touchdown. And I immediately text Jamie. And I think he finished with about 80 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, um, in terms of great acquisitions. And Jamie left him on his bench. He did. Against I mean, me. Yeah. Look, it was a tough, tough moment, but... 
think about this. If he hadn't scored the touchdown, that's 8.5 PPR points. So honestly, I don't feel that terrible about leaving him on my bench because you just can't predict that kind of stuff. And you did get in my head successfully, Charlie. So congratulations. I am a bit of a head case, believe it or not. So Jamie, that and admittedly though, either way, he wouldn't have won the matchup. Yeah, that too. It, Quinn blew me out. It's crazy. He, he, I think it was like a 30 point difference, 20 point difference. Insane. Yeah. So Charlie, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, yeah, keep on punching up. And he was right. Yeah, yeah. Charlie was right. And well, I was right. I was right for having Jeff Wilson at all. Oh, sure. But okay. Sure, sure. Now I appreciate it, Charlie. Uh, last question before we wrap up. Um, what can league players expect next season? Any rule changes? New players? Um, and honestly, the truth is, is uh, you can expect a lot of stuff to change because we have Eric. No, sorry, we have a uh, Connor. My cousin coming in. He's officially taking over one of the teams that are being vacated by Brady. Sad to see you go, but we understand what it's like to be a dad. And uh, we have another vacant spot, which is looking to be filled by either Aaron Self or um, another individual off the top of my head that I can't remember who was in consideration for. It... Hmm, I'm not sure. Oh, we'll Tanner Ribnicker. Yeah, he was the other person who was in consideration. So we've got those two right now. We're still keeping things open, and we're going to take a vote on that soon. We've got a constitution being instituted that's going to be a solid rule change. This is for you, Charlie, where no rules will be changed midseason. We will be living and dying by this set of rules. Thank God. And Until the next season. Until the next season. Absolutely. Next there will be no impromptu rule changes. It is going to be decided upon as a group and we are going to move forward with that the guy i'm really looking out for here is jamie i just don't want any more trades going into the oblivion okay okay look this narrative needs to stop because i don't know why these trades are disappearing and we're gonna have to figure it out as a team it's not it's not our commissioner's fault i will publicly defend him uh it is something about nfl.com it is just sending trades away into the ether and i don't know what exactly is going on i like that we have league veto system um, I just want to be sure that everyone votes in these. That's one I'd like to institute. I want everyone to have to vote in every single trade offer because I think that's the way that we establish a uh, healthy democracy, if you will. And right. it just keeps engagement high and um, it makes sure no shenanigans happen, you know. So I think that's important. We could even lower the amount of, t- like, review time it takes, like maybe down to, like, two days or even one day. But I think that we'll be able to figure all this out. It's a long off season, and I'm really excited to figure this out with all of you. I really quickly, I got to quickly shout out Chesley. Congratulations on winning. You really deserved it this year. I'm happy to say that I lost to someone who put up 160 in the finals in a, in a one-week setting. Congrats to you. Charlie, congratulations on your Happy Meal. I can't wait to see your toy. Jamie, congratulations to you for being such a wonderful host. And I cannot wait to see what this offseason looks like and what next season has to come. Thank you guys for being so much fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. Really appreciate it. All right, until next time. Wrapping it up. Later, guys.